All right. All right. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the to a Cowboy Connection podcast. It's uh, it's good to be here with you. Beautiful, uh, beautiful day here in Matitsi, Wyoming. I'm sitting here with Bill Plouf from Grass Range, Montana. Tad Torgerson from Miles City, Montana, and our our fourth cohort, J.R. Bazane, uh, probably isn't going to make it on here tonight, so it'll just be the three of us, but uh, that's all right. So running a little behind here. Of course, anyone listening to this wouldn't know that, but uh, all three of our wives know that, so we got to make sure we keep them happy. Isn't that right, boys? That's right. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, been uh, been about two weeks since since our last podcast. How's the world been treating you guys? A lot of things have taken place in our in our country since uh, since last we met. Uh, everybody still have their sanity and and salvation. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I don't even know the words to describe what's happened in the last couple of weeks, but uh, it feels like sometimes the world is just gone mad and uh you know i just thank god that that uh that he's still very real and that he's still in charge of my life and uh that's where i have to go uh i i gotta keep keep my nose out of the news a little bit and <laughs> and and keep it word because <laughs> that's really that's easy. the most depressing place to be in the world right now is in the news isn't it, it? Is. It is. And, uh, uh, it's just, uh, I, I feel a little bit like, like maybe, um, you know, with all the censorship stuff going on and all the talk about all that kind of stuff, I kind of feel a little bit like, uh, we're first century Christians right now and we're being driven out of Jerusalem, so to speak. But, uh, and, uh, we all know how that ended. That ended with the with the dissemination of the gospel all over the world. So there's yeah. always, there's always good news. Right yeah. No, I, you know, I was thinking about that, you know, everybody's departing from whatever platform because they're upset about censorship. And I'll be honest, my thought was I ain't leaving. I'm going to stand here and I am going to light myself on fire. So the world <laughs> around me can watch me burn. You know, I mean, we can all run off to what are we going to call as a more uh, conservative platform, but, Let's face it. The reality is, is the light shines brighter in these dark places. And, you know, I, I appreciate what you said there, Tad. You know, I, I uh, think of Smith Wigglesworth, who is one of my heroes in the, the faith, you know, and he wouldn't even read a newspaper because he said it was nothing but bad news. And, you know, it's a little a little harder sometime in our day and age, maybe to skip some of the news that, you know, we hear or see because of the mass media we have. But, you know, I think it's important that, we as believers, um, we just keep like kind of a lot of what we were talking about last podcast is don't be conformed to the patterns of this world and what we're going to talk about this week. You know, why do we study the word? How do we study the words? Why do we get in the word? Because the reality is we've got the hope and we've got a message that the world around us uh, needs, no matter uh, what the outcome of our current uh, election situation is in the, the world around us. We still have the good news of Jesus Christ and that's the message of a hope and that's the message that uh, the world around us really needs to to see and hear so i'd say my challenge in the midst of all this time is 
you know, get like you say, get your nose out of the news and get it into the good news is what I'd say. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. Paul calls this time on earth a momentary affliction. And, uh, and I've often thought of the martyrs, even the martyrs in the Middle East and uh, those who are killed in the name of Christ. And, and, and think if we were to be able to pick up the phone and, and call heaven and go, hey, you guys, uh, you guys want to come back? They, they'd all laugh at us. <laughs> You know, they all go, are you mad? You know, this momentary affliction. I escaped that momentary affliction. Maybe those are the ones that would say, yes, I want to come back and spread the gospel and put my life on the line again. Um, right. And, uh, right. And, and boy, if you meditate on that concept or that idea, uh, we're not promised anything here, are we? Except for uh, the right to be called sons and daughters of God. And, uh, and so we're not promised uh, safety on this earth. We can, we can live a safe life if we choose to, but I was kind of thinking earlier, what do we need to do to get censored here on this podcast? Who do we need to, who do we need to make mad? What do we need to say to get censored on the, on a cowboy connection podcast? So uh, maybe we can work on that. See how offensive we can be to the world, uh, with, with the gospel message here. And I know, you know, Delcy today at church was talking about, you know, in the last days, how, uh, you know, they're going to start calling good evil and evil good. And, you know, and, and I think that's the thing right now is when we bring forth truth and not, not, not facts. I mean, you know, I think that's the thing that gets confused in the world around us is, you know, everybody says they want truth. No, actually what they want is they want facts. A lot of times, you know, we have the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no man should come to the father except through me. You know, and the Bible clearly states our God's word is truth. And so the more we bring forth truth, probably the reality is, is the more we're going to get screamed at that, you know, we're evil and, and it's, it's not right and it's not uh, what it needs to be. But, you know, I think you want to know how to get censored, Kevin. Let's just keep preaching truth and bringing forth God's word. And sooner or later, you know, I mean, God wants us censored. We'll be censored. But, you know, I guess at this point in time, I'd rather this message keep going out there. So. There you go. There you go. That's, Good that's so funny. That's so funny, Bill, because that was uh, that was my pastor's sermon. Basically, you just in a nutshell this morning, he was talking about, and I think it was in Acts chapter four, and, and it was when when uh, Peter and John right after Pentecost, and when Peter and John got brought before the high the high priest, and uh, they were ordered to after they had healed that guy they were ordered to not speak in the name of jesus again and yeah. and then they sent him and then they sent him home and they basically said you know who are we going to obey god or you and they took a stand and said we're going to obey god and uh and they absolutely turned this world upside down in the next 30 or 40 50 years after that uh just doing exactly what you just said just speaking, speaking the truth of the word of God. And no matter what happened, no matter what opposition uh, came against them, uh, they, they took the great commission that Jesus gave to them before he left this earth and said, we're going to do that. And they brought the love of God to the entire world. So um, I think that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. I'm absolutely, that's what, uh, that's what, you know, when Jesus spoke of eating my flesh and drinking my blood and, and he lost most of his followers and he turned around to the disciples and said, 
what about you guys? And Peter looked at him and goes, where else are we going to go? Who else are we going to follow? You have words of life. And, uh, and it was just this commitment uh, to Jesus and not to uh, their country, not to their, not to the world. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's, uh, Ooh, that's so good. So good. Who are you committed to? Who are you following? Who are you worshiping? Who are you going to, who are you, who are you more passionate about? And, uh, and that's good. That's good. So we talked about last week, we'll go ahead and keep moving, man. We've been in the word already. This is good stuff. The question that we decided to ask ourselves this week was what does it mean to be in the word? What does it mean to be in the world word? If you'll remember, I, I mentioned Colossians three sixteen last time talked about how it, uh, it talked about, letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing uh, each other, which I, I said, there were three things that are valuable for a Christian. It's to be in the word of God. It's to be surrounded by like-minded believers that are, that you're in relationship with. And then that passage goes on to talk about worship and prayer. And, uh, and, and that's the, that's the communication communion with God, with Christ. And so those three things, follower of, followers of Christ need to be in the word, to be with like-minded believers and to be in prayer and worship, uh, with Jesus Christ. So guys, we, uh, we all, and, and JR and, and all the other guys that, that we're committed to where we're men of the word of God. We spend time in the word. All of us are toting around Bibles that, that are written in and pages are torn and ripped and dirty and I've got shoe goo holding my binding together, but I've got a whole chunk of pages that are falling out because we love the word of God. We're passionate yeah. about it, but none of us started out that way in our walk. Um, I mentioned in our conversation that we had um, when I first really started pursuing God passionately, I imitated people. I learned what they were doing and how they were growing. And I tried to do it how they were doing it. And, Finally, I got to a place where I found what works for me and, uh, and for, how, for me to study the Bible. And, uh, and so I think that Tad, Tad brought it up, and I think there's a lot of people that are going to be listening to, to this conversation, uh, even people that have been Christians for a long time and still may not do a very good job of being in the Word. And uh, so we can just we can just have a great conversation about what that looks like for us. So, so uh, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll just kind of start and we can bounce around here and stuff. But, you know, you were talking about, you know, how you start out. Well, I didn't get saved till I was 29 years old. And the, the, the gentleman that ministered to me and really brought me to the Lord, you know, great Christian, very mature. And one thing he did tell me is, you know, and, and it was funny because in the midst of the wreck I was in, I actually didn't know where, a Bible was that my pastor gave me when I was back in junior high age. And I went and found that. But one thing he told me, he says, you know, you got to get in the word and you got to be in it every day, Bill. And I'll be honest, since November 23rd of 2001, there's not been a day that I've missed that I, that I've missed getting in the word. And I'll be honest. Yeah. There's some days it's, it was just a little snack, if you will, you know, I read a scripture or something. And then there's days that you spend, you know, a serious amount of time in the word and and i guess you know this is a scripture i was thinking of and 
and and just kind of I guess to crack the ice a little more here, you know, Second uh, Timothy chapter two verse fifteen says, "Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." And on, um, uh, it's easy to have an opinion about something that you don't study. Mm. <laughs> That's a kind Damn, of a dangerous. One there's a dangerous one-liner right there. Good job. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, because I mean, there's a lot of people that have quoted, quoted. You know, I don't even want to say verses because I, we, we, I don't want this to be misread or missaid. But I've had people tell me, you know, that godliness is next to cleanliness is in the Bible, and I'm like, I never found it. I read it from cover to cover, time again. And I'm not trying to, you know, demean anyone or ostracize someone, but, you know, I, it says here, be diligent. I mean, diligent. I mean, I'm diligent about a lot of stuff in life. And I think one of the most important things I can be diligent is, is what I just read there. It says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that's the Bible. That's God's word is, you know, the word of truth and, and, and I was thinking about this and, it, you know, you know, being a pastor, I says that, you know, I put down as a pastor, I have an ongoing responsibility to study. But I was yeah. thinking that can't be my only driving force. Mm. If the only reason I'm doing it is out of an obligation or that I have to do it, there's something wrong. And I went on to put, I says, I never want it to be, I study only so I can preach or teach. I want it to be that I can preach or teach because of my ongoing study. You know, and and so really for me, I mean, it's a, a morning. I I joke about, you know, God told Moses to come to the mountain early in the morning and, and to seek my face. And so I tell people, if you really want to be spiritual, you got to get her done first thing in the morning. But, you know, I'm usually out of bed at five, you know, anywhere between five thirty and six. You know, I'm cracking my Bible open. Sometimes I'm doing some new version apps. You know, I like to get my bearings about me before I start reading. But you know, I just make it a commitment in some way or another. And I can't say that I have any quote unquote formula for lack of better terms that I do. You know, I, I bounce around a lot in the Bible. You know, a lot of times I'll ask God where he wants me to go. And sometimes he puts me in books of the Bible that I'm not overly excited about. And I'm excited about the whole word, but there's just some of the books of the Bible that are more exciting than others. Oh, sure. And so you know, not, you just have to make a commitment, you know, and there's things that I've heard other people say, you know, other heroes in the faith that, you know, have really resounded with me and some of them really great men of God. They'd say, you know, we'd read three chapters a day or study, not only because I think that's the other danger. We can just quickly read through things just to say, well, got her done on with my day. But I think there is something about just slowing down and chewing on on the word and you know and, and whether it is just one passage because there has been times that i've read one passage and i mean you just chew on that thing you're just mm -hmm. meditating on it mm -hmm. and you know i also heard one guy say that really made sense to me he says you know i won't feed my physical body until i feed my spirit man every day and so you know i like to eat i like to eat a lot and so you know and i mean when i with our life and the way we, we live our in our house overall it's pretty easy for to feed my 
spirit man first because the rest of my crew don't get out of you know get out gets out of bed a lot later than me and i'm the breakfast cook so anyway that said you know i i think the the thing is or what i've experienced is the first and foremost is just make the commitment you're gonna read the word of god daily i think that's the that that would be the i would say the greatest commitment how much you know that's Really, I'd say a lot between you and the Lord. Um, I just, because I've, I've seen this before, but I just doing a little research for my own self and trying to just kind of lay out a plan of what I want this year to look like as far as my Bible reading and stuff. I want to read the chronological order through in a year, and it's not a legalism thing. I'm, you know, two days behind now because of circumstances and things. You know, I did read the word, because, but anyway, that said, you know, I, I'm not feeling this obligation that now i have to go catch up you know i'll just keep going but basically and i've read this before that the average individual can read the bible through in 70 to 72 hours if they sat down and didn't you know eat sleep or otherwise it takes 70 to 72 hours total to read it through um that's about 15 minutes a day the reality is is a 15 minutes so let's i mean i have to say for myself where am i using up 15 minutes a day that is really unnecessary to use, I'd say. So, so I think that I would, my first encouragement to, to everyone that's listening is that I'd say the first and foremost thing you have to do is just make the decision, make the commitment that you're going to read the word of God on a daily basis. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that is. Ted, what do you there's think? a couple of things that there's a couple of things, Bill, there that I, that I really liked at what you said, and uh, for me, uh, just my personality is I'm a I'm a list maker, I'm a goal maker, I'm a schedule kind of guy, and I find myself at times uh, where it kind of becomes like it's a duty, like you know I've got to check this off my list today, and to be completely honest those times that i spend in the word there's not a lot of fruit that comes out of that it's just duty bound and there's not a lot of life there but um what i've found is that you know scripture scripture tells us that um in in psalms to to be still and know that i'm god and what i found is is when i take those times to get into the word and I'm really just wanting to spend time with my Lord and not be like I'm going to study and not be like, you know, I, it's academic, but I just want to spend time with my creator. And when I can get into that state of mind and I pray and say, Holy Spirit, just show me, show me something out of your living word. Um, um, and, and, and then. And then I can read something that I've read maybe a million times and all of a sudden there's life there. And, and that's really what it's about is uh, in, uh, in John one, one, it talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And, um, and it, it, it's about that. It's about that relationship with our savior and, and it's about being able to, for me, in those times, and, and I don't, I'm not saying that happens every day, but those are the times I really cherish I that 
I'm just in the Lord's presence and he's speaking to me through his word. And it's, and it, it becomes almost like, well, I shouldn't even say almost, it becomes a prayer time that I I'm speaking to God and he's speaking right back through me, uh, through his word. And man, there is, there is nothing better than that. And, you know, and we talked, we started this conversation talking about kind of like the times that we're living in. And I believe that, um, you know, I believe that we're in the end times and whether that means, you know, the Lord is coming back tomorrow or whether that means, uh, you know, without getting into a a theological discussion about that, but I, I just, I just really feel like, um, you know, when the church has, when the church has really grown, when, when revival, true real deal revival has happened in, in the course of human history, it, 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 it's always been through some hard time. It's always been through some situation where we have nowhere else to turn. And I really feel like, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't really flow in the prophetic or anything like that. Um, but I really feel like we're, we're in that time. And as believers in the Lord and our savior, Jesus Christ, I think we're in a time where the, the days of kind of casual relationship with the Lord is, is not going to be, we're not in those times right now. It's not going to be effective. And um, in Hebrews four twelve. Um, it says, it says for the word of God is full of living power. And this is in the new living translation. And it says it is sharper than the sharpest knife cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes us for what we really are. And, and it talks about the power of the word of God, that it is full of living power. And I think we're going to, we're living in a time right now that it is so easy to get angry. It's so easy to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. It's so easy, so, so easy to get discouraged. And if we're not spending that time with the creator of the universe in his inspired word, that's full of living power. I think we're really, really going to struggle. And, um, and so practically speaking for me, I, I wish Bill, I, I sincerely wish that I was a get up at five o'clock in the morning kind of guy because <laughs> the few able to make that work. I love it. Uh, but my uh, biological clock just does not tick like that. And so my time is in the evening when, when the rest of the family is kind of quieted down and I can find a quiet spot in the house and, uh, and I'm not feeling pressured like I need to hurry and because I need to have the kids out the door at seven to get to school, I need to be to work at seven thirty and all of that stuff. And uh, you know, if I got up a couple hours earlier, I wouldn't feel that pressure either. But uh, I, that's that's not really how I work. And so, in the evenings for me is the time because then if I if I get caught up in it, I don't have any time pressure. I can you know I can maybe that's why I don't get up at five because I'm up till eleven or twelve o'clock a lot of nights. But um, but to just open the word and one thing that i really found helpful to me is the U version app 
because the search feature, you know, if there's a scripture that's kind of running through my mind and going, yeah, but how exactly does that, you know, uh, how exactly does the word say that? Um, I can, I can find it fairly easy. And then, and then I use that and I get into my actual paper Bible, um, which I love. I love reading it with the, with the, you know, the old school paper, because then I can take my pencil and my highlighters and my notebook and really dig into something that, that, you know, that I'm dealing with or that the Lord has brought to my attention. And, um, and I just, I just love those times. And I wish, uh, I shouldn't say it that way. I need to, I need to find, I need to, uh, be, um, to, uh, train myself to be more disciplined, to put myself in that position, to have those times more often, because I'd never walk away from those times, uh, without feeling energized and refreshed and renewed. And, uh, um, I just, uh, it's just absolutely, there's nothing greater in this world than, than spending time with the Lord. Yeah. It, it's okay. You don't do it at five in the morning, Tad. I just like to, to harass people. There's people that don't think I'm right. And I, there's probably a lot of truth in that because well, you know, my, my wife, Delcy, my wife, Delcy, she, she does it at night too, probably about that same time, you know, at the end of the day when she finds the quiet in the day. So no, you're good. I think that's a key thing is you have to, you have to find that time of the day that, that works for you. And, you know, it's kind of like Kevin was talking at the beginning of this and, and even our last conversation that, you know, I believe, yes, we can kind of, what's the right word I'm looking for? We can pattern ourselves after somebody else, but we don't have to be just like them. We have to be the unique individual um, God um, God has made us to be. And so, you know, you're probably better off. He gets to talk to you at the end of the day, and he had to talk to me at the beginning of the day. So you make his day better, Tad, by not, not doing it in the morning. He gets you at the end of the day. So. <laughs> Both of you spoke on the term duty. Uh, Bill, you didn't use that term, but that was, Tad used it, but it's it's that obligation to read and so often people, um, and early on in my commitment to reading scripture on a daily basis, I felt that duty and it became very burdensome. And uh, uh, if I overslept, if I, if I didn't have enough time, I would feel bad. I'd beat myself up. Um, but uh, I, I still saw the value in reading scripture, uh, but I wanted, I wanted to do it because I wanted to do it, not because I felt the duty to do it or the, the um, obligation to do it, right? There, there, there's a, there's the tr- there is a truth that says we need to be in the word on a daily basis, but nobody wants to labor at something that's tedious and monotonous and, and they're not passionate about. And so that's bill. You're, you're, you're making the commitment. That's, that's good. We need to make the commitment. That's a really good point. What I found and what I have found over time is that prayer aspect of it is is what I want to see, uh, whatever I want to see the most change in my life in, I've got to make a primary prayer point, prayer commitment. 
got to be one of those things that's on my prayer list on a daily basis. And so <clears throat> I, I remember back uh, in, um, had to have been 2004, 2005, uh, I, I, you know, I had read scripture before, but I, I wasn't, um, you know, and, and I spent a lot of time reading scripture, but I wasn't a discipline. I didn't have a disciplined daily reading schedule. And at that time I was in a season of, of experimenting and using other people's methods. And so I was journaling. I'm not a very good journaler, but one morning I wrote in my journal, Lord, give me the ability and the desire and the passion to read your word on a daily basis. And I didn't look back at that journal entry for almost another year. And one morning I opened up my, that journal. And on the first page of that journal was that prayer that I had made almost a year before. And I was sitting in my quiet time, passionate about it, loving it. And, and I was reminded of that very first time that I made that my prayer point of, of God. I want to, I want to passionately read your word on a daily basis and, and do it because I love it. And so I don't have to make that a prayer anymore. You know, that's not my number one prayer point anymore, but it was in that season. And it has come, you know, there have been times where I have kind of slacked in my reading. And so I, I, I raised that prayer request to the top of my list. Lord, give me, the, give me that, that strength. Give me that ability to, and that desire to read your word on a regular basis. One of the Bible passages that has been so meaningful to me over time has been Psalm 19, and it's 7 through 11. Um, it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are are true and righteous altogether. All those terms are, are terms for the scriptures, the word of God. But it goes on, it says this, and this is the point I'm, that, that, that's so impactful to me, and it had to be a part of my prayer, is more to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb, Moreover, by them is your servant warned in keeping them, there is great reward. And, and, and I had to make my prayer request the desire that, that your word is more, more precious than gold. Your, your word is, is even much fine gold, sweeter than honey. And, you know, uh, Tad mentioned the NLT Bible, that Bible that that version of the of the word of god was so impactful in my life because it was it was an easier read than what i had been reading i opened up sherry's nlt one day and started reading where i had left off the day before in my bible and it it i was like holy smokes this is different you know some people say you have to read the king james well we can debate that all day long it's wrong Okay, it's wrong. All right, period. You send me an email and tell me I'm wrong, but you're wrong. Okay, you can't use scripture to defend the use of the King James. Uh, it's not the only inspired version of the Bible. It's a translation of the original language into King James English. Okay, so the King James is a beautiful poetic version, but it's hard to understand for people. 
the ESV, the English Standard Version, the, the New American Standard ver Version, those are all more difficult reads for people. But for me, when I began to read the NLT, the Bible opened up. And it was, it was, it was simpler for me. It's written on a third or fourth grade reading level. So it's just easier to understand. And, and mix that prayer of, of what the word of God is to what I want the word of God to mean to me with a version that was easier for me to understand. And all of a sudden it's like setting a match to a gasoline covered rag. <sighs> My pat, it just ignited in me. And over time I began to read other versions and I've settled on the English standard version, which I love. Um, but if you're, if you're hung up reading a version of the Bible that's hard to understand, then, then look at, at one like the NLT, you know, and, and then get passionate about it and read it. And, 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 and then you can work your way to other versions just to see how they're written. People say the ESV and the NASB and the King James are more literal. You can't translate Hebrew and Aramaic literally. You have to paraphrase it a little bit. So it might be a little more literal, but it's not, it's not a literal translation because it's just impossible to do it literally because it's like translating Spanish to English, you know? Que hora es? What hour is it? We don't speak like that in America, right? We say, what time is it? But if you're speaking Spanish, you say, que hora es? It's the same with translating Bibles. We want a Bible that's translated as closely, as accurately as possible. But find a Bible. That's my piece of advice. Bill's was make the commitment. Mine is find a Bible that's easy for you to read. Because it, it makes it easier to get passionate about it. Well, you and, know, and Tad, Tad, said, Tad, Tad said something else, but I'll hit on it in a little bit. Go ahead, Bill. No, I was just going to say, you know, Tad mentioned that version app. And, you know, let's face it, the reality is, is, is uh, I know I carry one of these boxes around in my pocket, uh, you know, continuously. And the majority of the people out there do. And, you know, version is a place that I guess I would say if you're, you're, you're hung up on what version of the Bible you want to read, that would be a great place to start because they have multiple versions on there. And you can, you know, look at different things and find the one that, that fits you and, and not find one that fits your mentality, but finds ones that you can, can read and fluently read. Because I mean, when I'm just reading like this, this uh, a chronological Bible, I want to just read it. And so I, and it's, it's, it was given to me by, by some of my church people after a mission trip we went on and stuff and, and a few years ago and, and you know, it's NLT. And so, uh, you know, when I read that, it just flows. But now when I study, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I switch over to the New King James, and part of it's the way my Bible's set up, because it has more footnotes, and it has some Greek and Hebrew definition right in it, but the reality is, too, though, is sometimes I'll be hung up in the King James or New King James studying, and it just doesn't quite click, or I don't quite have that understanding, so I'll jump over to some of them other translations just to read it in more of a probably my cowboy mentality you know right to where i can read and the other thing is is the reality is it's the way much of our culture speaks 
you know, and so if our culture is speaking like that, you know, we need to be, you know, be able to communicate with them on, on the same uh, level or the same uh, way they communicate. And so, and I just wanted to throw in that tidbit that, you know, the version app is a really great place to go find different translations. And, but I'm definitely, I'm pretty hung up on a paper Bible as far as a lot of reading. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hung up on the paper Bible too. I, I've participated in some Bible studies with you, with a lot of you guys on the version app. Uh, and it just, I just don't find, I, I, I find a lot of joy in seeing what you guys have to say on there. Um, and I do some version stuff personally uh, when I get up early in the morning and I'm laying in bed, trying to open my eyes and everything else, I'll pull up a, a version daily devotion, but, but um, I want to be in the paper, in the paper word. I want to be in my Bible right here, not on my phone, but, but a lot of young people these days, a lot of techie people like that, uh, that, and I have it on my phone. I have the ESV and the U version on my phone. So I have the quick reference when I'm out somewhere or whatever. Um, but I'm the same way. And, and I actually, I actually, uh, think it's, it's, it's better, um, because I always have a pencil in my hand and a notepad next to me and, and I write in my Bible like mad, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think you should be. I think you should be underlining and stuff like that. Uh, but, Tad, you, you made another point a minute ago that was really beautifully worded. You talked about being with my creator uh, in the Lord's presence when I'm in the word. And I think that's a really, really good point um, because people don't think about it. People say, I want to hear from God, and then they sit around going, okay, God, when are you going to speak to me? But they're not in the word of God, which is what? The word of God. So when you're in the Bible, when you're reading the Bible, you are hearing the word of God. It is being lifted off those pages and, and, and coming alive. And, and you're in the presence of God when you're in your word, right? Because right. he's given us this through his apostles and prophets He's given us his words right here. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't speak to us personally. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that at all. But if you're waiting to hear from God and you're not in his word, you're missing out, right? You are Absolutely. in his and, presence. Go ahead. And, and that kind of leads me to one of, one of my favorite kind of areas in scripture is in John 15, um, when it taught where Jesus, uh, talks about that, he's the, he's the vine and we are the branches. And, uh, I need to find it here because I can't remember exactly what verse it's or yeah, what verse it is. But, um, I just love that, that kind of whole, uh, thought pattern that Jesus was, was talking about with his disciples and, uh, um, and just starting, uh, John 15, just starting in verse four, it says, remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit. If it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful, fruitful apart from me. And it says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless, useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. 
but this is the verse I was kind of referencing. It says, but if you stay joined in me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like and it will be, and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my father. And in that whole area of scripture, it, it talks about that in in various ways but really the gist of that is is just such an intimate relationship um jesus talks about his relationship with the father and and um that close intimate relationship and that's really what all of this whole christian deal is about it is about intimate relationship with the creator of the universe that is absolutely the most powerful thing anywhere and yet my name scripture tells us that he knows the number of hairs on my head scripture tells us he knows all of our thoughts scripture says that he has the thoughts that he has towards us are too numerous to mention and and how do we have that relationship with the person the person of Jesus Christ, it's, it's the three things that you've been talking about, Kevin, it's being in the word, it's prayer. And then it's being around like-minded believers to encourage each, to encourage each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, it's so, I just don't even have the words to describe it, but it's just such an intimate um, experience with somebody that, in old testament times they couldn't even if if they if they looked upon the lord that they would die and we have this gate that's been opened for us that we get to spend time with um anytime we choose and uh um it's just it's incredible that the lord would love us so much that he would put uh this word together um, and, you know, not even getting into the whole validity of the word and, and how it came to be and the number of authors that, that, that actually wrote down what God was telling them to write down and how you can prove scripture, scripture with scripture. And, um, in this world that we live in right now, you know, just, you know, getting back to kind of what we talked about earlier, we don't even know where to get we don't even know where to get news anymore that we can know that it's true. There, there, there is nothing solid left in this world. So true. Except, except the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I mean, real quick, all of us sitting here. Let me, let me, let me follow up real quick. Don't forget what you're going to say. There is a book called, um, uh, I'm looking at my bookshelf trying to find it, and I'll come up with it. It's called The Questions Christians Hope No One Asks Them, and it's by um, uh, oh Mark. It, it, I can't think of what it is, but it's a really good book um, that that talks about the history of Scripture, how closely the 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 bible is related to its writings so the earliest copies they have of of the the manuscripts that are within 30 years of its original writings the authenticity of scripture 
there's really good books that are simple reads that will help if you struggle with the validity of scripture. So the history's there, the authority's there. Um, uh, so just just to, to enforce to, to Tad's point, you know, we're not going to get it into any depth of that, but there is good reading material out there that F.F. Um, um, Bruce uh, has a book called The New Testament Documents. So there's really good books. You can find them on Amazon that'll, that'll kind of assure you um, of those questions if you think that the Word of God um, uh, isn't valid. Go ahead, Bill. No, I just, I mean, this is just really, I mean, what you said is great there. And it, I think this just, whatever here, kind of puts a bow on it here. But Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So right there, you know, Tad's been talking about talking to the creator of the universe or having, you know, this relationship with the creator of the universe. And, you know, that's basically what, in my uh estimation here that, that it's saying here that all scripture is given by God well we know God created everything so you know that's him communicating with us but I like the way it goes on and it says you know it's profitable for doctrine or which is teaching for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness and then you know so really the reality is that if we're not being taught and disciplined it by God's word and I think that's where you know it's that 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 double double thing there that yes there's time that we just spend time with the creator and i believe that's the teaching part of it but there's sometimes we have to let the word of god the study of the word of god start disciplining us and then it goes on to tell us that that the man of god may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work and so you know that's really um you know the the wealth of of wisdom that's in this in the bible in the word of god and what, I mean, they're, they're from, I mean, really the reality is from investing finances, it's not going to tell you which stock to buy per se, but it'll tell you how to handle your money properly. It tells you how to treat your wife. It tells you how to treat your children. It has how to treat your fellow brother and sister in the Lord, you know, how to honor the older people that are amongst you and the younger people and how we treat them. And, you know, and so I really just think about that, you know, all scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. And really you think that word righteousness, you know, the righteousness of God is, is really the way Jesus was. That's what yeah. true righteousness looks like. And so that's what the word of God is, is disciplining us for, training us for, instructing us for. And then it goes on that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so, you know, I just look at that scripture there and think, man, if I am not in God's word, not from a duty thing, from a discipline. I think that was the difference. I was thinking about that term. You know, if we go as it's a duty. This is a duty. I've got to do it. You know, hopefully I get the gold star in heaven because by golly, I showed up today. And I think a discipline is because really that's what we are is we're disciples. And so by having a discipline, we go in this attitude that, man, if I go to the word of God every day on a daily basis, that I'm going to be trained in righteousness and I'm going to be prepared and I'm going to be ready and complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work that comes along the way. And I think that's, you know, that's what I look at is, you know, um, you know, you know, there's the old saying that, you know, sin will keep you from your Bible and, 
your Bible will keep you from sin. So you got to have to sometimes stop and say, which one's keeping me from which. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, you said it, Bill, that the Bible teaches us so much. And it's funny, my Bible's open to that, to the passage right now. It says, you said, Bill, the Bible teaches you how to treat your kids. It teaches you how to treat your, your wives or your spouse. I had a friend one time, he was, him and his wife were having a hard time. They were in a bad place. This was when we lived in Alaska. And, and he was real, real good about uh, quoting Ephesians 5.22. She's supposed to submit to me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that, was, that was, he knew that Bible passage. You, you mentioned earlier, people talking about people's misuse of scripture, like cleanliness is next to godliness. That ain't in the Bible, right? Well, all, all men that know a little bit about the Bible know that passage. Wives submit to your husbands. They, they know that one, but they kind of make a big swallow and, and, and a big gulp whenever you say, well, what about the rest of it? And they go, what do you mean? Well, here, let me read uh, the next section in that passage clearly you haven't read that before my friend right husbands love your wife as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her and and what's beautiful about this passage is it talks about the word of god he says he goes on says he gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so, oh, yeah. so I ask him, are you, are you reading scripture over your wife? Are you leading your wife into the word of God and spending time with her in the word of God? And, and I can assure you, he wasn't spending time in the word of God. He certainly wasn't carrying his wife with him into the word of God. Right. And, and, and I, and I ask him, you know, th- this notion of wives submitting to their husband isn't an inferior, superior thing. It's, it's wives submitting to their spiritual authority. That's it. It doesn't make a woman less than a man or a man superior to a woman. It's, it's her submitting to his spiritual authority. And I said, what, what wife would not submit to the spiritual authority of a husband who, who loves her like Christ loved the church, who gave himself up for her? that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle. Right there, you know, and, and, and my friend didn't have much to say about that, right? He, he just didn't, he didn't, he understood one passage of the Bible that suited his needs or desires that, one piece that he could use as a weapon to lop his wife's spiritual head off, right? Are you loving your wife like Christ loved the church? Think about that. This is going to turn into a marriage counseling podcast here in a minute if we don't if we don't get back on track. But I was about to pull my toes in, man. I thought you were starting to walk on a few things over here. <laughs> your feet up because it's get fixing to get dirty, right? Oh. Uh. Look at that, man. That's you know what? You, you hit the nail right on the head there, Kevin, though, is you're just not pulling out that one passage for your own, your own likewise. And, you know, I mean, because I had a, I had a old, he was elder gentleman when I, I first come to the Lord and we were talking about this. And, and he said, you know, and he was talking about that danger of only using a partial passage 
for your own likings. And then he said, you know, reality is, is the Bible says that these three things and they're only partial uh, um, verses, but you can build a doctrine off of it. It said Judas hanged himself, go and do likewise. And whatsoever you ever do, do quickly. And, you know, and so and obviously that we're by no means are we we here at the Cowboy Connection, you know, obviously building that doctrine or advocating that doctrine. But what they, it just shows how ridiculous it is when we pull out just a half a passage or, or one passage um, to really just support our own idea, because I think it just goes back to all scriptures given by God Um inspiration of god and profitable and that's the all part i really like that all part that we can't you know there's some stuff in the old testament sometimes you scratch your head and you chew on it and you wonder why and you just but you read it anyway you know sometimes i'll be honest when i come out of the old testament thinking praise god i got the better covenant (laughs) praise god i don't have to try to keep all those laws and stuff you know and and but the reality is is it's training me it's training me that i have this better covenant you know, that, that I have this, this love of God that, you know, Jesus died for me and, 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 and cleansed me of all my sin. And now though, it, it, it's really studying this word, becoming diligent to study it, be that approved workman that I am trained and ready for every good work, you know, and. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's a really, um, there's Joshua one nine uh, in the world that I used to be a part of in the rodeo world. You know, anyone that has a, just a little taste of scripture, they all know Joshua one nine, uh, which is great. It's one of my favorite passages too, but it says, uh, I command you be strong and courageous. And, you know, as a former bull rider, that's, you know, that's kind of what we live on. Um, but I've always, this has always been something that's, that's kind of, uh, been interesting to me is that the verse right ahead of that uh which is talking about what we talk about um in in verse seven it says be strong and very courageous obey all the laws moses gave you um which to them at that point was 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 the bible do not turn away from them and you will be successful in everything you do study this book of the law continually Meditate on it day and night so you may be sure to obey all that is written in it. Only then, on, and it says only then will you succeed. And way back, this, this was written way back at the beginning of, of God's word that talks about his relationship with humanity. It was towards the beginning of this, but when Israel had left Egypt and was, was just entering the promised land. Yeah, and they so, only had a couple of books back then. They only had about five books and and uh, the Torah, and there wasn't much, you know, there, it wasn't as much as this, but you're right. That's way back then. So they right. only had the first five books to read. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so let's, um, uh, let's throw out some encouragements. We've already talked about just making the commitment um, finding a Bible that works for you, um, uh, whether it be the New Living Translation, the ESV English Standard Version. Um, I would encourage anybody to get the ESV Study Bible. Um, ESV Study Bible. It is full. It is full of wonderful commentary 
very, very broad um, where there's issues in scripture that the church is divided on. It addresses those both, both perspectives. Um, another commentary that I like that I keep, you can find on Amazon, it's called the New Bible Commentary. Uh, we've already mentioned the Version app. You can download eSword to your computer, E-S-W-O-R-D. A lot of free resources on eSword. Um, you can buy Logos, L-O-G-O-S, and have it downloaded to your computer. Um, what other type of resources do you guys use like that? Well, you hit, you know, you hit several of what I, I use, you know, I use the new spirit filled life Bible. As far as my, my study Bible, it's new King James version. And I appreciate that because like I say, it has, you know, Hebrew and Greek text right in it. And it has some other study, study helps there and stuff. And, um, you know, and, and what I find out most of the time, the, footnotes that i want the explanation on over everybody else is silent on it but uh, you know i think that and and i mean the reality is is it boils down to two this is a spiritual book and when you go to read it you go to study it ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and growing in the knowledge of the lord jesus christ you have to invite the holy spirit in and well, the reality is is until you're born again, until you've asked Jesus into your life, it's going to be just words on a page. But once you ask Jesus Christ into your life and you ask him to be your Lord and Savior, it becomes a spiritual book to you. It begins, and little by little, a lot of times it's revealed to you. But um, I think that's the danger I can even fall in. I'll go to read it as an intellectual, intellectually at times. And when at the end of the day, it's a living document, it's a living and, and active. And so the reality is, is I think the best study tool we have or best reading tool we have is the Holy Spirit who has truly inspired the word of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Another good um, topical uh, book to have uh, if you want to know about baptism or you want to know about the gifts of the spirit or you want to know about the church or you want to know whatever you want to know about God individually is a book called Systematic Theology by, by Wayne Grudem. Um, if, if I recommend it to you, it's written simply. I'm, I'm not overly scholarly. I'm not, I'm not a, um, I'm, I can't read. Uh, I find John Piper and, and John MacArthur and some of those guys to be a little too heady for me. Going to the other side of theology, guys like Dallas Willard and those they're too heady for me. Wayne Grudem's written a great systematic theology book that's that's very topical and it leads you into scripture. It's very broad in scripture use. So that's another good resource to keep on your desk. Um, and then podcasts, uh, podcasts by a pastor in Dallas named Matt Chandler. You can listen to Wayne Grudem's podcast on systematic theology. Uh, those guys are very thoughtful and they're Bible teachers so they can that they're going to walk through scripture in their podcasts so uh, the unashamed podcast I think it's a great podcast um, the duck dynasty guys do that very biblically minded men they just completed a study a walk through the book of John they're just starting la this last week doing a walk through the book of Acts another podcast that I think is brilliant 
um, and and they do a lot of conversation about worldly things that are going on, but they're very biblically minded. It's called the Just Thinking Podcast. Just Thinking Podcast. But don't pick any of those over a Cowboy Connection podcast because uh, we want you to be listening to us. So, uh, so uh, uh, there you go. Podcasts are, are, are good resources, too, for good Bible study. Uh, and then brothers like these men that I've got with me. Uh, good conversation. Good evening uh, of being in the Word with you guys. I took two pages of notes. Uh, while you were talking, I figure if I'm sitting here doing a podcast with guys that make me take notes, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm growing in the word of God. So I'm growing spiritually. And that's our goal. Um, when we are trying to be more like Christ, uh, we ask the Holy Spirit, like Bill said, to help uh, point out our areas of weakness and we go to scripture and find out what that means and, and what that looks like. And when we say and do and act stupid ways and st stupid things, we know we're probably not acting like Christ. If we can't, Colossians 3.20 says that we do all things in the name of Jesus. And if, our, if we are doing things that we can't do in the name of Jesus, then we don't need to be doing it, right? Amen. You bet. So well, we hope anyone listening to this has a live, living, passionate relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But if you don't, Bill's already shared the gospel. Uh, but I'm going to tell you right now, uh, repent, be baptized, and, uh, and declare Jesus Christ Lord over your life, and then begin to walk a life that looks like that by spending time in the word, spending time with like-minded believers and spending time in prayer and worship, and you'll begin to grow spiritually. Any other final thoughts, men? It's been a good, been a good uh, topic. Uh, I've loved this conversation. And the, the only th other thing I'd add is that uh, it, it is, as you start to grow in the word and you start to develop that passion, um, is to have these conversations just like we had tonight with, with believers, with brothers in, in Christ. And, and, uh, if you can find someone that is more mature than you are, uh, get with them right. spiritually and, and ask questions and, uh, you know, and, and get into the word with buddies and, 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 uh, skin that stuff out. It's, it's just all, it'll, you'll always leave better than when you started. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Bill, you want to close us in a word of prayer? You bet. Well, father, we thank you. We thank you for this time together, but we do thank you that your word is living and active, sharper than a two edged sword. And really just dividing uh, the soul from the spirit. You're showing us the intents of of <clears throat> our hearts and i just pray father that uh all of us on the podcast but also the ones that are are gonna listen and will listen that uh you'd give them a hunger and thirst for righteousness that you would give them a hunger and thirst for your truth your word of god and that we would uh only find 
satisfaction spiritually uh, in Jesus Christ and in his word. And so we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So anyone listening to this podcast right now, uh, we don't have a topic yet for our next podcast. I thought it might be a great idea to uh, maybe answer some questions. So if you have a, a question that you'd like for us to talk about and, and answer for our next podcast, send it to, uh, to uh, Cooley Family 6, Cooley Family 6 at gmail.com. And uh, uh, we, can, uh, we can maybe take a little time in our next podcast to answer some questions from anyone who's listening to this. So, hey, thank you for joining us uh, on a Cowboy Connection podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, and a few others that I can't remember right off the top of my head. God bless. Have a great couple of weeks. We'll be talking to you soon.